Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Good morning. It's Wednesday, January 15th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. I'm Trey Scott. I just got back from New Orleans, where I was there, obviously, for the national championship game. It was an incredible experience. I've never been there. Uh, what a weekend, and I did not get much sleep. So today, I'm glad to be bringing in Shay Dixon of Go 24-7 to help me talk about the Biggest news of the day in college football, and that's that Joe Brady, LSU's offensive assistant, the Broyles Award winner, is leaving LSU, and he's headed to the Carolina Panthers at the NFL ranks, where he will be the offensive coordinator for new coach Matt Rule. And this is, you know, 12 hours, 24 hours after Joe Brady helps lead LSU to a 15-0 season, national championship win Monday night in New Orleans orchestrated one of the best offensive seasons in college football history. So I'm going to have Shea come on here in a second. Was the writing on the wall? What's his surprise level? I'm going to ask him that. I'm going to ask him about what LSU does now. And I'm, I got an interesting one for him too. If he had to divvy up the credit between Joe Burrow, Joe Brady, and offensive coordinator Steve Insminger, how does that lie? What's the What's the math? the percentage, the the ratio there. So we're going to bring Shay on right now. And then stay tuned because after that, I got a lot more to talk about. Okay, Shay, bringing you in. And first question, on a scale of 1 to 10, what was your surprise level when you saw the news that Joe Brady is going to the Panthers? Well, I'd say probably between a, a 1 and a 2. I think that a guy, I think you have to look at this as twofold, really. One to have a meteoric rise like he had, you have to remember the only time before 15 games ago, you know, the, the season opener this year that he was a college assistant was at William and Mary for one season as a linebackers coach. So never at the FBS level, nor at the NFL level, had he ever been uh, one of the on-field assistants. So getting a job as a passing game coordinator uh, at a school like LSU and, and jumping from a saints quality control guy was uh, a pretty big leap. And then, uh, the fact that he was getting his name tossed around there in some NFL circles with, um, you know, a potential OC job, anything like that, I thought, if anyone's going to give him a chance, it's a no-brainer. And, and sure, the Panthers have one of the richest owners in sports, but uh, yes, college coaches make more money uh, pretty much across the board. But uh, I think the other part twofold of it would be college coaches work 365 days a year. It goes from recruiting to coaching to um, hitting the road and, and evaluating and, and then dealing with uh, kids to make sure they remain eligible and aren't getting in trouble and go to class and uh, everything like that. And, and I think someone who's been in the NFL like Joe Brady uh, has seen what that side of it's like. And when your season's over, you get a few months off. You, you have people who already prep for the NFL draft and uh, it's a much more obvious business um, kind of approach to, to how people run an organization. And uh, all you really got to do is coach. And, and I think that's what 
uh, really drew him back to the NFL. But above everything else, obviously, uh, if you can go from 15 games into your first ever assistant job to being one of the you know 32 offensive coordinators in the NFL, uh, not many people have ever turned that down, or I bet it's probably never even happened. So uh, not very surprised at all. I, I thought that uh, he was going to capitalize on this year as, as quickly as he could. So, yeah, and I agree with all that. The, the recruiting aspect is probably something the casual fan does not understand as far as a workload for a college football coach. Before, before today, before he takes the Panthers job, he had obviously agreed to a new deal with LSU that was going to double his salary, probably give him a, what neighborhood of a million, a million bucks. And from there, what was the plan? Shay was, you know, before all of this, before all of this, happened and i understand that 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 deal while incentivizing him further and keeping him away from other colleges was not going to prohibit him from making an nfl leap and it certainly did not but when that deal was inked or agreed to what was lsu's plan was he going to rise to offensive coordinator was steve insminger going to leave was he going to stay we've talked about that before so maybe what was the plan two days ago and what's the plan now do you think you know, I think that's probably one of the more intriguing storylines now moving forward because it wasn't, you know, it was going to be, as you said, in that million 1.5 range as a passing game coordinator, which is a ton. That's what offensive and defensive coordinators are typically making. So I think that the thought process was with Steven Zminger uh, in his 60s that if he retired now, well, then Brady would move right into LSU's OC. If he retired in a year, uh, then Brady would, you know, kind of call plays alongside him again for another year and then move into that role. So I think LSU is certainly promising him a path to the OC job, however quickly that uh, came, I guess, would be determined. And now I think that's what we're watching moving forward. What is Steven Zwinger going to come back for another year? Does he say, um, look, I'm going out on top, and now LSU is looking for uh, not just a replacement for Joe Brady's spot, but a new offensive coordinator as well. So I think now everybody is really watching uh, what's going to go on with Stevens being, and maybe more so than what happens with the next passing game coordinator role or, or whatever role they decide to fill. It was one that they created for Joe Brady. So I'm interested. I think that will be the big thing to watch is most knew that, you know, if Brady stayed at LSU, he'd be the OC one day, but um, what does a Stevens winger do? Will it be OC one more year? I know his contract runs through next March, not this one. Uh, or does he, you know, ride off into the sunset now and LSU's looking for a couple of new position coaches? LSU could be looking to replace a lot just as far as just quarterback and then, yeah, maybe those two offensive minds. I was in New Orleans and I kind of wanted to walk up to an LSU fan and ask them this and I didn't do it. And maybe I should have had another hurricane or two for liquid courage to do it. So I'm going to ask you now and you can, you can balk and you can punt on it. That's fine. If, if we're all around and we're just, we're just sort of shooting the breeze about LSU's 2019 season. And you have to sort of divvy up credit or praise between Joe Brady, quarterback Joe Burrow, and offensive coordinator Steve Insminger. Is that even a possible task? Like, do you go like 60-20-20? Brady, or Burrow, Brady, Insminger? Like, how, like who's, who's mostly responsible for this? Because I think that's an interesting question, considering they could lose all three. I think that's a really good figure you put on it. Because you have to think about, yes, Joe Brady came in and totally, you know, introduced this new style of offense, uh, put all these RPO concepts in and these new route trees and basically made it much like what uh, the New Orleans Saints do with with Carmichael and, and obviously uh, Sean Payton. But 
look, yes, they're genius coaches, but they've got Drew Brees, so that helps out a ton. Well, this year, LSU had Joe Burrow. Certainly, that helps out a ton. We'll never see, in my opinion, a quarterback again do what he did this year in terms of just across the board, flawless play, um, breaking almost every record, NCAA, SEC, whatever it might have been, going 15-0, and um, winning the Heisman and all those different trophies. And I know we'll see great quarterback play, but I think what magnified it really was that LSU for so long had been looking for a, uh, an offense that had been sped up to the times and be a quarterback that could do it for him. And for Joe to be that guy and do all this in the same year, I think is what really made it special. So I put a lot, I mean, it has to be right. I mean, at least 60, 70% has to go on right. the shoulders of Joe Burrow simply for the fact that, and this is not knocking anybody else. So I don't even want to say miles Brennan because I, that's his backup, but anybody else, a, a normal quarterback in any year, LSU's not 15-0. They may lose one or two games or three or whatever it might be. So um, I think Burrow uh, is really what put them over the top this year. Uh, and I think that those coaches would probably both agree. They've called him the best player, best quarterback that they've ever seen. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town. And they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. All right. That was good stuff with Shay. And I was glad that on the fly, my brain was able to compute 60, 20, 20 does in fact equal 100. I was worried about it while I was doing it. I got a lot more news to run down for you guys. So sit tight. If you thought the coaching carousel was done spinning, it obviously hasn't. Yahoo Sports' Pete Thamel tweeted Tuesday night that Baylor is targeting Virginia Tech's Justin Fuente as a leading candidate to replace Matt Rule. And further is planning on an in-person interview in the next 24 hours. So a few things here. Is Fuente just looking for more money from the Hokies or more security? Or does he really want out? Does he want a safer spot? Any good coach will tell you that if you're at a place for long enough where you're not winning the way they want you to win, you will eventually get fired. And it's only been four years in Blacksburg for Fuente, but expectations haven't quite been met. And he was firmly on the hot seat after that very bad start to the 2019 season, which did end up at eight and five. So this would be Virginia Tech's loss, Baylor's gain, but there were probably Virginia Tech fans who are like, well, we can do better than eight and five. On to some more news. Brett McMurphy of Stadium reports that fired Mississippi State head coach Joe Moorhead will be the offensive coordinator at Oregon. The Ducks were replacing Marcus Arroyo, who left for the UNLV job. Moorhead didn't work out too well in Starkville, but he did great work as the offensive coordinator at Penn State, especially in finding all kinds of ways to get Saquon Barkley the ball. So I'm going to be very excited to see what he does with Oregon running back C.J. Verdell who will be one of the best players at his position this fall. And it's fun to be saying this fall already, right? New season, ready to rock. This is a weird one, strange one. Sure, it's about to turn into a bigger story too. Let me get going on it. Former Penn State player Isaiah Humphreys is suing the school, coach James Franklin, and former teammate Damian Barber, alleging that he was subject to hazing. Humphreys also named stars Micah Parsons and NFL-bound Yatura Gross Matos 
saying underclassmen were subjected to hazing and that the named players, also including linebacker Jesse Lukita, quote, orchestrated, directed, and facilitated a campaign to harass and haze underclassmen on the Penn State football team, unquote. The disgraced Jerry Sandusky is also mentioned as the participants allegedly said, I'm going to Sandusky you, unquote. These alleged acts include unfortunate locker room behavior and then things that transcend unfortunate locker room behavior and just become very bad and illegal. Wrestling underclassmen to the ground while another participant places genitals on the face of underclassmen and instances of the participants placing their genitals on the buttocks of the alleged victims and stroking their genitalia. So Penn State released a statement saying it performed an investigation into the matter and pointed out that charges were not filed by Humphreys, who is the son of a former Penn State player and who transferred from Penn State to Cal after the 2018 season. We will keep you updated on this one as it progresses, but it is not a good look. On to happier news. You heard yesterday that Houston quarterback De'Eric King would be transferring. Well, the question now is where to? I still think LSU would make a ton of sense, but I want to see who they hired offensive coordinator. Does that fit King's dual threat capabilities? I think Oregon would be great. Oregon is my preferred landing spot for De'Eric King, especially with Joe Moorhead coming aboard because Joe Moorhead can work with a mobile quarterback. You saw what he did with Trace McSorley in Happy Valley. Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley is not going down this path again. And Georgia already brought in Jamie Newman from Wake Forest to be its grad transfer starting quarterback in 2020. My guy Chris Hummer says to keep an eye on other quarterback needy schools as well, such as Miami, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Arizona, Tennessee, and Washington. If I'm Derek King, though, I don't want to go to Miami. I don't want to go to Arkansas. I don't want to go to Mississippi State. I don't want to go to Arizona. I want to go somewhere where I could be a contender on a good team. So Tennessee and Washington make sense in that regard. And just pointing out, the, the the Austin, Texas native in me wants to point out that it is interesting that for the second year in a row, an elite transfer quarterback available is a Texas native. And Jalen Hurts, yeah, played at Alabama but went to high school in Houston. And neither the Longhorns nor the Aggies are in play for their services thanks to longtime starters. So that's good news or bad news, depending on how you look at it, depending on how much you like Sam Ellinger or Kellen Mond. Got another coaching news update. Notre Dame promoted Tom Reese, who used to go by Tommy when he played quarterback for the Fighting Irish, to offensive coordinator, the school announced Tuesday. Notre Dame parted ways with Chip Long earlier this offseason. If you follow along at 24-7 Sports, we do a yearly and annual 30 under 30 team, which is when we try to name the rising coaching stars all under the age of 30. And ta-da, we crushed it in the Joe Brady and Tom Reese additions to the 2019 team. Go back and look at it. Kind of fun. We've done it for a few years now. Got some good news for Clemson. They opened this. They opened just now as the betting favorite to win next year's college football playoff. For as much as they bring back the Tigers, and while they do lose a ton, four offensive line starters, probably Isaiah Simmons, probably T. Higgins, probably Travis Etienne, perhaps cornerback A.J. Terrell. But the preseason story of the sport in that regard might be that everybody is losing a lot. LSU. Duh, don't even need to tell you they're losing Joe Burrow. They're losing Joe Brady, maybe Stevens Minger, Grant Delpit, Kalevon Chason, maybe. So that's a lot. Ohio State, Chase Young, J.K. Dobbins, Jeffrey Okuda. Alabama's losing Tua, losing Jerry Judy, 
losing Henry Ruggs. No word yet on Najee. I don't know if Najee's even going to announce anything. If Najee Harris is just going to just not not go to the NFL and just keep going to class at Bama and just show up for spring football. Georgia is losing almost its entire offensive line, is losing DeAndre Swift, the running back, and quarterback Jake Fromm. Say what you will about him. Oregon's losing Justin Herbert. Can they bring in like a De'Eric King to replace him? And then Oklahoma's losing Jalen Hurts and CeeDee Lamb. So they're, now's the time for a bunch of new faces across the sport to step up, and it makes sense in that regard that Clemson would be the 2020 favorite. And that, we're finally going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. I'm excited to see what we have in store for you guys this off-season. I can't believe we've been doing this podcast now on a daily basis since June and that the season just now ended. So we're going to get some sleep and get back to it for y'all. For Connor Tapp, for Shay Dixon, for our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott. We will see you on Thursday.